Hi, this is Merrill Reese, and enjoy 215 Live for some great sports talk. What's up, Delaware Valley? Welcome to episode 82 of 215 Live. Creeping up on that episode 100. I guess we're going to have to come up with something exciting to do for that episode. Maybe... uh, Cupcakes. (coughs) Cupcakes. It's always food-related, I'm sure. I'm sure we're going to do something food-related for episode 100. Uh, This is John on the mic. We're, We're coming to you live from our new studios in beautiful Deptford, New Jersey. West Deptford. Is it West Effort? Yes. Oh, is that why I I've got writing, lost? I've been writing Deffert to people. So yeah. That's I, why I got lost. You gave me the wrong direction. No, I think that's you, bro. <laughs> yeah, I think it still would come up. The address is the same. That's Frankie Jr. you here on the other side. That's our man K-Bop Taylor behind the glass. Um, we're short. Another Frankie tonight. He's in Boston, I believe, looking for... Like, he's like witch hunting in Boston. They're doing like witch tours and... He shared a picture today where they were whale watching. Oh, that's so, kind of cool. Yeah, they're doing they're doing some family stuff. So there are better places to go than Boston for. There's a vacation. lot of places to go that are better than Boston, but <laughs> they went. What's what's the uh, what, what what's the name of the town? Salem. Salem. That's where they're going. They went to Salem because him and his wife were into that. They took the kid. Supposed to be having a good time. Spooky time. So Frankie will be back next week. <laughs> Um, it's a good week for him not to be here because apparently all hell's breaking loose in the city because our beloved Eagles lost another game. Another uh-huh. heartbreaker to yeah. the Minnesota Vikings. That was rough. Um, first, though, we, we have some breaking news that came out, Taylor, right before the show started. Oh, we got a breaking news sounder. Jay Ajayi, the J-Train, fresh off of complaining that he didn't get enough carries yesterday in Sunday's game. Is out for the season with a torn something CL. I'm not sure if it's an ACL. 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 Mm-hmm. Torn ACL, which marks the end of the J.J. Eagles career. You it, think it ends his entire career? Yeah, he's, he. well. His back is also broken. Yeah, it right. could possibly end his real career. Like, yeah. He's he's a older back now. He's already had crickety knees. Like Taylor just said, he's got the broken bone in his back. Now he's got a torn ACL. That's not a very good mix for a aging running back. Um, so that brings up what everybody's been talking about. Where do you go from here? So, of course, all the rumors on Twitter are that the Eagles are going to have ramp up their offer, maybe, for a Mr. Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh. Who do you think they would have? Like, what would be, like, their offer package? Like, the ideal offer package to get him? I mean, do you believe the rumors, but... They said a number two. Pittsburgh was asking for a number two and possibly a player. Yeah. Um, I'd give him a number two, and I'm sure everybody knows what player I'd be willing to give. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in a I little bit. I think you're not alone on that one. Um, so I tweeted out earlier that I think they should they should at least explore the idea. Um, there's no reason not to. Obviously, you, you got a Jai out for the season. You can't you can't depend on Sproles. Clement's banged up, and you can't have Wendell Smallwood being your your every down back. So something's got to give. You're, right. you're past the point now where you're just like, well, we'll get Sproles back healthy, we'll get Clement back, we'll be okay. The fact that Ajayi went down for the season 
tells you all you need to know. Something has to give. I don't know if it's if it's Le'Veon. I know Derek Gunn tweeted earlier that they may be interested in David Johnson from Arizona. Uh, Tevin K- uh, Coleman from Atlanta. Maybe Mark Ingram from from New Orleans. Something's got to give. These are all names that are being thrown around. You're you're five games in the season. You're two and three. The good thing is now after yesterday's game, I was beyond just. I, I wasn't even pissed off anymore. No, I was. I was. I was more just down because I f- I felt yesterday the same way I felt when Carson got hurt. I just thought. This season, it's just one of those years. It just feels like it's one of those years. Yeah, you know, you you had everything go right for you last year. You you overcame all the injuries. We all know last year's story. It just feels like all right. The gods are saying, "I gave you everything. I threw everything at you last year. You overcame it. You won the Super Bowl, and you're just going to come back to reality this year." I, it just has a feel like it's going to be one of those years. And I was just, I was just, I I was kind of like melancholy yesterday. I wasn't like mad. I, I wasn't pissed off. I was just like I don't know. One of those years I guess. Maybe I lost my edge because we won the Super Bowl already. Mm-hmm. Maybe I would have been a little bit more pissed last year had this been like this but I don't know. There's just so much going on. There's just, you know Carson was hurt and you had Nick for the first couple games and and the running back situation and, and the offensive line like nothing just seems to be clicking this year. To the point where I'm almost just like, well, <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, you know, I, I just don't. I don't know what else to. I don't. Know, I can't. I can't get mad because, I mean, you can get mad at certain things. Like there, there's our five points that we do every week. I'm going to touch on that a little bit later. And some of the stuff you can't get mad at. But I mean, what are you supposed to do? Your 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 top five quarterback was hurt. You know, he's still trying to make his way back. And as he's trying to make his way back, the offensive line's struggling. You don't have a run game. Your wide receivers are disappearing, except for one. I mean, how much? Like, I can't. You can't spend your whole like Sunday just being pissed off. It, it, sometimes you just got to look at it like maybe it's just it's just that year. I don't I think, know. I think it just sucks a little bit more because they had the rally and like they were like making the comeback, and then it just like fell short. It was just kind of a tease, you know. Yeah, and there was things in the game that you know you if you. And and every game, every year has it like this. But yesterday had the game where you know the Michael Bennett call and, and the JGI fumble, and you know the fluke with Carson losing the ball up into the air. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's like so. Last year you had all these things go wrong and you overcame them. This year it looks like all the things are going wrong and you're just not good enough to overcome them. Right. Which is frustrating because you have your MVP quarterback back, and everybody's going to look at it like, well, you overcame it with your backup. You get your MVP back, and you're not good enough to overcome it. It kind of sucks for Carson because everything went right last year, and they won the Super Bowl without him. Everything's going wrong this year, and it looks like other than winning their division, they're going to have a hard time getting back there. Yeah, this year. and I thought the offense played their best ball last night within the last two minutes when they marched down and had that last touchdown. I thought that's when they looked the best because they knew their backs were against the wall, but I mean that's how they should play from – Start to finish. You can't play the whole game and then decide to show up at the end. I mean, they did that against the Colts in Carson's first game back. Their first drive, they marched right down the field, and you were like, all right, we're good. We're clicking. Carson's back. This is how it's going to be. And then since then, till the drive you just spoke about, they they haven't done that at all. And 
you know, we might as well get right into the five points because I'm starting to touch on some of them now. So uh, these are kind of not in order and in, in importance, but just five points that kind of stood out from yesterday's game. Number one, Zach Ertz, since the first game of the season, has given you everything you expected and more. Mm. Yesterday, he he's the only reason they were even anywhere near that game yesterday. Yeah, but he still has those moments where he's 10 times bigger than his defender and he doesn't make a play. Like he goes down so easily like he doesn't put yeah, up as never he doesn't change. put up as much of a fight as he needs to. That's never going to change. He's had that reputation since year 1. Right. He's he's not a guy that's going to take a hit. You know, when he when he came out people thought he was tough until they realized he's more of like a catch and, catch and fall to the guy. ground. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not going to take big hits. You know, Brent Selk was the kind of guy that would lower his shoulder and try to get an extra yard. Zach's not going to do that, and and you can't you can't let it bother you now because you know just that's the type of player he is. But as far as targeting, as far as catching a ball, as far as always being there when you need him, you know, making the big catch, being in the right position when Carson needs him, he's he was targeted eleven times yesterday and caught ten balls. Right, he's he's the type of player that. When you don't have a deep threat, when and I, I'm gonna this is gonna be point number two that I'm gonna touch on, but when guys disappear, he's the guy that you can count on no matter what. Mm-hmm. That's why I think the biggest standout so far is Zach Ertz because you can't. I mean, Dallas Goddard. I mean, I think he was targeted once yesterday. It it sucks that you can't depend on anybody else. You know, you you, you had a little run with Alshon and he, he caught a couple big balls and then. You go away from it, but I, I think I got to give Zach Ertz credit. I think he's, you know, even in the face of having a bit, you know, the rest of the team having a bad game or the offensive line's not protecting, he's always there for you when you need him. So I, I got to give the guy credit. He don't, he don't ever mail it in. Let's say that. Point number two I just touched on was the offensive line. I don't know what the hell happened to this offensive line. I don't know either because out of all of the Areas of the team, I think this one has been shaken up the least. Yeah, I mean, you know, we knew what to expect from JP. Right, every, you know. in regards to, like, adding or, like, dropping players, that's right. what I mean. We, you know, and the, the, the scary thing is the fact that there seems to little be a little dissension in the ranks now. You know, Wisniewski got benched. He said it wasn't, uh, he didn't think it was a, 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 a the reason he, did, he got benched was because he was playing bad. He formed an opinion that he didn't want to tell anybody, but he thinks, and from what I'm hearing now, it may be a player had gone to the coaches and asked for him to be removed. Well, that, I mean, it sounds like there was something more going on because it's one thing to not start, but to get benched completely, there's obviously something wrong. Well, especially when you got guys like Isaac Sayamalo playing who are just bad <laughs> at football and yeah. you can't get a guy like Wisniewski on the field. Yeah. It sounds to me like maybe JP had a hand in that because. Somebody brought up a good point today on Twitter. They don't see anybody else, at least offensive line-wise, that would have the kind of power to go to a coach and say, and say this guy needs to be removed. Right. Unless it was JP. So that kind of upsets me because although I love Jason Peters, he's an Eagles Hall of Famer, he's going to be an NFL Hall of Famer, he's not playing the best football either. No, to go to somebody and say that some that that another player on the line, especially a guy that shares the side of the field with him, 
should be removed from the game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't feel comfortable about that. I don't know if you know last year it seemed like this team was having a ton of fun. You know they were doing the dances and they were celebrating and everybody was having a good time and they were taking pictures after the game and all this other stuff. This year it's like, did they lose their edge because they won? Did it? Uh, do they? Do they not? Are they not as hungry now because they won? They're not having as much fun. You're starting to hear little things come out of the locker room that you didn't hear last year. You know, Jay is making comments. They said Zach Ertz made a few comments about play calls yesterday. Those are all things that you didn't hear last year. Right. And those are all things that we gave Doug Peterson credit for because he kept the team together through all that adversity last year. Mm-hmm. All the stories that we know, all the injuries and everything else. The credit went to Doug saying he kept this team together through all that adversity. This year, people are starting to chirp. People are starting to get benched. He's getting fired up about questions about Carson. He's getting fired up on questions about Jalen Mills. Frankie made a good point a couple weeks ago when he said, I'm worried that Doug maybe is a little bit cocky now that he won. Yeah. You know, maybe he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder now because people said he couldn't do it. His demeanor definitely changed, it's, I think. It, it's the, the whole team has a different feel. Like, last year, it. I, I was listening to Anthony Gargano earlier, and he said, last year you always had a feel, like no matter what, this team would come back if they were down. They would fight if they were down. You know, they always had cohesiveness. They always were able, like, you had a feel like it was a family. This yeah. year, I'm not getting that feel on the field. Right. It doesn't have that feel. Like, it It seems like, I mean, if you look at the Fletcher Cox and Jalen Mills thing, although it was minor, that shit didn't happen last year. Right. All of a sudden, Jalen Mills has, like, this, his, you know, his hair's up about Fletcher Cox. Like, Fletcher Cox was doing what a leader of a defense should do. Mm-hmm. Like, he said it during his interview. They said, what happened with you and Jalen Mills? He said, I was telling him that I was looking at the ref, and the ref looked like he was about ready to throw the flag, and I was trying to get Jalen out of the scuffle, and he just didn't want to hear it. Yeah. That stuff didn't happen last year. That, that's that got to go. Like, my problem, I think my biggest problem with Jalen is obviously his performance on the field, but the fact that he doesn't take accountability. No. Like, last week, Malcolm Jenkins came out after the game and said— or every week he'll come out and he'll say point A, B, and C what they need to work on. Yep. Like, and that's the difference between, I guess, a veteran and, and Jalen Mills. Yeah, a professional and not. Yeah. Yeah. So you, he just gets mad at what everybody has to say instead of f- reflecting or taking it in. Or even Jason Peters said the other day, you know, we have to do we have to do better. So it's a he comes off to me as a social media player. He's the kind of guy that. I think cares more about his appearance. I think he cares more about, you know, the finger wagon. He's got an like, ego. Dude, you just you you literally two plays before that just got burnt for a seventy yard play. Right. The last thing you should be doing on a ball that was a bad ball that you really didn't have much to do about is get in a guy's face who just burnt you. Yeah. He's who just toasted. He you. had those two like back-to-back red zone plays because he only had about five yards to work with. Like, and and the one was questionable that if if the ref was in a different position, may have called a, a pass interference on him. Right. So I just, I don't, and, and look, he's going to be brought up a lot in this show and, and, and in particular in some segments we're going to do later, but it's just overall as a whole, I don't see it much from the offense except for Ajayi's comments, but... Overall, as a whole, on this defense, they just don't seem to be acting as a cohesive unit now, and it's it's 
Like, you don't see Jordan Hicks making a difference. Nope. You really don't see Nigel Brattle making a difference like he did last year. You don't see, I mean, Sidney Jones, everybody's beating the drum for Sidney Jones. He's getting toasted Mm -hmm. left and right. You know, I mean, nobody talks about Ronald Darby. He's been completely out of position. Yeah. Even Malcolm Jenkins, when when guys are supposed to be getting tackled in positions, he's out of position. He's not making the hit. Like, the whole defense just seems to, like, I don't know. I I, I don't get it. There, it. The defense isn't that much different from last year. They have everybody back, with the exception of Jernigan. I mean, Brandon Graham's still there. Mm-hmm. Barnett, up until yesterday, was still there. Like, everybody's the same. It's it. This isn't like... I mean, would Michael Kendricks was he the linchpin of this defense? Yeah, like, right. I, I just I just don't get it. So does it does that mean like it changed behind doors? Like, it, did Jim Schwartz switch it up or? I mean, the the, the fact that he just he's Jim Schwartz is a big part of it, obviously, because mm-hmm. you know he's the one putting these guys in position that they're in. But at a certain point, it coaches are all the same, no matter what sport it is. You can give a guy the play. You can put him in the position, but that player's got to go out on the field and and compete. That player's got to go out on the field and take the play that he was given and make it work. If you put a game plan together and you don't have guys that are good enough to, to compete, there's really nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's going to fall on the coach. At the end of the day, they're going to fire a coach. They're not going to fire the whole defense. But at what point do the players have to be responsible for how they're playing? Right. Like they've been getting torched. They're getting embarrassed. If not for two missed field goals, they probably get blown out yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's just it's embarrassing to watch that they and and we started off talking about the offensive line. We moved to the defense because it's just I don't know the 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 feeling that you got from them last year just isn't there, and that's that's the thing that's upsetting the most. Point number three is what we touched on a little bit before. Where is Nelson Aguilar at? Good question. He he totally regressed back to the Nelson Aguilar had, from two years ago. Right. The, I, oh, is Aguilar going to have a catch today? It's it's like look, two years ago he was having mental issues and everybody stood behind him and and I get it and he managed to to reinvent himself last year and and he was probably our, our best receiver last year and I get that things are a little bit different this year because he's been he's been thrust into the outside receiver role when he's more of a slot guy. I get that. Mm-hmm. But dude, like you have to be visible. Like I don't I, I don't I don't see him making any plays. No. I, I don't see him in any position. I mean he's dropping balls now. He, you know I just don't get it. I don't know where I don't know how I I can't get in the mindset of a of a of a professional player, but I just don't get like at what point that's like a guy in baseball that is a relief pitcher but he can't pitch in the ninth inning. He can only pitch in the eighth. Right. And if they put him in the ninth inning, he just like implodes and gives up a bunch of runs. Right. And I look at it and I go, well, it's pitching. It's the same thing. Like, who cares what? It's because it's too much pressure. Maybe, maybe the pressure of trying to be the guy again is getting to him. I just, I don't think overall. I don't think he's a good receiver. And I don't know why we always get stuck in the situation where we're always waiting for one player to prove themselves. Like, why? Can't we just move on and find better talent? Like, why are we always holding our breaths and hoping, oh, you know, hopefully today they'll show up and do their job? Like, it happens all the time. It seems like they get the the Philadelphia teams, but the Eagles in, in general are loyal to a fault. Yeah. And it's like, 
you know, we're going to keep going back to him, but it's just like with the Jalen Mills thing. They they got all uppity when asked, you know, if he comes out and struggles again, are you going to make a move? Well, why would we make a move? We trust him. I, why would you make a move? I don't know. Look on the field <laughs> at what this guy's doing. Yeah. At certain point, you got to get past the loyalty. And what do you trust him with doing? That he's going to turn his head once in a while and make a actual play on the ball and not get called? I mean, listen, you got other guys on the field. You, ha- you know, like you see, you have Cindy Jones, who hasn't been a world beater. But how do you know what you have if you don't put the kid in a position? You drafted him. You wouldn't even if he hadn't gotten hurt. You would have had no shot to draft him. He was a top ten pick if you don't get hurt. So there's a reason why all the teams in the NFL had him as a top ten pick. Give him a shot. He can't be any worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless he just falls down as soon as the ball snapped, he can't be any worse. Right. So. To, to the getting back to what you were saying about being loyal, like, yeah, Aguilar was our best receiver last year because he was in a position that he thrived in. But dude, you can't tell me that because you have to go outside, all of a sudden you just you just become non-existent. Like he's non-existent. He's not even in place. Like he's nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. And then he'll catch a ball for ten yards, and he's like, he's ready to like explode. Like I, I like I need more. How do you have a guy like Carson? This is what I worried about a couple years ago. How do you have a guy like Carson and you don't do the right things around him? You, your offensive line struggling. Well, we'll take Wisniewski out because somebody was bitching about him. We'll put this guy in who has been in the league for three years and it, it still can't figure it out. <laughs> and then, oh, well, the receivers are struggling. Well, we'll just go sign Jordan Matthews again. Like, come on. Right. It's the same feel that Green Bay does to Aaron Rodgers. It's the same exact thing. Oh, Aaron's here, so it'll be okay. As long as we put people with a pulse around him, we'll be okay. No, that's not how that works. That's why Aaron Rodgers has, hasn't won a Super Bowl in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Because you just look at it and go, well, we have Aaron, so we'll be okay. So we'll save money here. We'll save money there. We won't make the big splash. We'll be okay because we have Carson. They're going to get that kid killed. Yeah. He blows his knee out me. again. He's going to be the next RG3. Yeah. Because that that knee injury is vicious. And for a guy like him, he cannot afford another bad hit. We were talking about it earlier. Seth Joyner was in earlier. He was doing his show, and we were talking about Carson. The league doesn't protect guys like Carson because he's a big guy. 6'5", 250. Oh, he can take a hit. And he gets mauled all game long. And they were like, well, it didn't look as bad because he can take a hit compared to a Kirk Cousins who gets blown on and falls down and they call a penalty. Mm-hmm. They're going to get the kid killed. He's going to get killed out there because they're not doing the right things around him. That's why you go after a Le'Veon Bell. You need pass protection. You need a, a running back because if you can threaten with a good running game, then it opens up your pass game. You need a guy that can pick up a blitz. You need a guy that can you can dump off to so that Carson doesn't get killed. You need everything that will take as much pressure off of him as possible. And I'm tired of hearing people that are going on Twitter and going on Facebook and going on the radio stations and saying, well, he makes X amount of dollars this year. And he's, it's not our money. Yeah. Any sports franchise, unless you're the Cleveland Browns or unless you're the Sacramento Kings, will make it work. They'll make it work. Whatever it takes. You know why go, Why New England wins Super Bowls? Because every year Tom Brady takes a little less money to make it work. Or every year they bring in a guy that maybe he's not the, the most, but they'll make it work. This franchise, it's like, oh, he's, he's going to make so much money. And in two years, we're going to have to sign. 
you make it work. If you have to get rid of a Brandon Graham, make it work. Do uh, whatever you got to do to make it work. Yeah. Also, to help Carson, like to help himself, I think he also needs to start throwing it away a little more. He's holding on to it too much. Like, I love that he's a playmaker. Like, you can depend on him for that, but sometimes he just tries to make something out of nothing too much, and then that brings the heat, and there's a sack. And the, and the problem is, and, and this run game we've been talking about, that was point four, but the problem is it's going back to Carson's first year. We talked about this weeks ago when you had Aguilar, who couldn't figure it out, and Jordan Matthews and DGB. And Carson looks left and looks right and just like, what, what am I going to do? Like, I have to make a play myself. Right. He it's he, he's going back to that again because you're you can't get the ball to Alshon because he's the only threat so that they're just going to take him away from you and then you look around and you're like who the hell am I throwing it to I, I mean I, he's going to throw it up in the air and hope Shelton Gibson makes a great catch or he's got to hope Alsha or Aguilar's in the right position Jordan Matthews is never on the field I don't even know why they brought him back yeah he and didn't he looked, get on the like, he didn't get on the field last night well at least that I noticed until. Maybe third or fourth quarter. It's a total waste, and you and you and you have an MVP caliber quarterback, and this is what you put on the field. It, it's just uh, listen. I'm not sitting there doing the contracts. I'm not sitting there looking three years down the line, two years down the line when you got to pay Carson. Whatever the case may be, I'm sure if Carson wants to win, he's going to get paid. But they'll be able to work things out with him. Backload his contract. Whatever the case may be, I don't do contracts. But you can't sit and tell me that you're going to go to battle with this team. You can't sit here and tell me that you're going to go to battle hoping Darren Sproles comes back healthy or hoping J.J. up until today is going to feel better with his broken back. Like, you can't just continue to do this. The fans in this city are smart enough to see the potential to get a Le'Veon Bell, a David John, whoever. And you're worried about a franchise that just isn't, that's tone deaf, that's just not going to see it. And it's frustrating because. You're going to get this kid killed. It's just, listen, before we go to break, I have I have point five that I think is even, it makes me even more fired up because I don't understand it. What happened to Doug Peterson's balls? I don't know. I don't, like, his balls, his play calling, his, like, his Isn't intelligence. Oh, you didn't like it the players? when they went What's for that? the... Uh... Wouldn't it be having faith in your players first? Yeah, well, no, listen, it, yeah, yes, because we just talked about with Carson when he looks on the field and sees the slop that he's got to deal with. But how about his mental mistakes? Like, you're going to tell me you regressed as a mental coach? Like, last year, everybody gave him a ton of credit because he was Big Balls Doug, and, he, and he, was, he, he called the right plays at the right time, and he made the right decisions at the right time. Now it's like, oh, I'm going to go for two, even though the percentages say this was a dumb play. There's, they're all coming out today saying they think he just forgot what the score was. I don't want that from my coach. I don't want that to even creep in my mind. You'll never hear that from a Bill Belichick. Well, maybe Belichick forgot what the score was. But from Doug, you'll be like, why is he going for two here? Maybe he forgot what the score was. Like, I don't want to hear that from my coach. I don't want to have him defend himself at the end of the game because he made a stupid call. Yeah. Because he challenged a, a play where the receiver got like nine feet down. And he was like, oh, well, I saw one foot hit the line. Yeah, Doug, that was after he got seven feet down before that. Like, that that's thats a regression. That's thats frightening from yeah. your coach. Or the using the last timeout before the two-minute warning 
or them pretending like they were going to go for, what was it, 4th and 20, and then they got the delay game, and then yeah. they just punted it anyway. And then punted it anyway. So like, at least go for a field goal or something. Like, do something. I know that they were trying to get them to jump off sides, but when it didn't work five times, what, like, what are you doing? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. It just, this is, this is the same thing that came up the first year when they went 7-9, and nine, and a lot of the reasons that they went 7-9 and nine was because of bonehead calls by Doug and because they didn't have the talent around Carson to win, it's like, it's like almost like last year it didn't even happen. It's like last year was just a dream, and you you went from the first year to the third year, and that second year never happened because it's the same stuff. It's the same exact things. Now I'm looking at it like, was it just one of those years where all the breaks went your way, and well, Aaron I mean, Rodgers got injured? The breaks did happen. No, one hundred percent. Right. Yeah. So you look at it like, all right, Rogers got hurt, injured. You, you avoided the Saints because of a really dumb play by one of their cornerbacks that brought Minnesota instead of the Saints. And Patrick Robinson got the interception that vaulted you into a thirty-eight point game. It starts all these with other the, things. Starts with the Giants game getting the the sixty-one yard. Yeah, you shouldn't have even with. been close to win that game. Yeah, it, it's just. And then this year, they're. The lack of talent is being exposed. The lack of because because this team isn't different from last year. It's the same exact team, with the exception of your Michael Bennett's or your Haloti Nadas that really don't make a difference anyway. This is the same team, so you can't. Other than injuries, you had injuries last year. Mm-hmm. So why were you able to be good enough to overcome them last year? And that was even worse last year. They lost a key position at every at your key player at every position last year. But all of a sudden this year, it's like they go out on the field and they're almost embarrassing to watch. Like they're getting booed off their own field. It's embarrassing for a former for a team that just won the Super Bowl. They have to figure it out. I don't know what I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, listen, we may leave the show tonight and go home and get a notification that they signed Le'Veon Bell, Ooh. or or you know they made a trade for whoever. And, and and maybe that makes a difference. And we're sitting here and we're going to touch on some stuff that maybe we shouldn't be this pissed off a little bit later. But something's got to give because two and three and the way that they are two and three isn't good enough. I don't understand it, but I'm hoping that, like I said, they, they get this figured out soon because the schedule doesn't get any easier and you got a lot of division games coming up. So, well, hopefully, like I said, on the other side, we'll we'll talk about maybe why we shouldn't be as upset um, touch on some of the other stuff going on in the NFC East and NFC overall. But you're listening to 215 Live on Wildfire Radio. If you're considering buying or selling a home in Philadelphia or surrounding areas, then for all your real estate needs, contact Louis Reyes from Weikert Realtors at 267-648-7123. That's 267-648-7123. The key to his success is always putting his clients above all else. Contact Louis Reyes now at 267-648-7123 for a no-obligation consultation and let him show you your possibilities. Are you a sports fan or know someone who is? Are you looking for a professional way to show off your favorite jersey or fan apparel but don't know how to do it? Are you looking to avoid paying hundreds of dollars on big, bulky, expensive display cases? Would you want to be able to hang your favorite team jersey on the wall or ceiling without using screws? Then look no further. Sport Display jersey mounts are finally here and can be purchased at www.thesportdisplays.com. They look absolutely awesome and you can install them without screws. You use 3M command strips and stick it to any surface type, including the ceiling. Jerseys look great 
right on, and the best part is you can remove it on game day and wear your favorite jersey to the game, and when you're done, snap it back on. If you're looking for an easy, affordable, and professional way to show off your team colors, then look no further than Sports Displays Jersey Mounts at www.thesportdisplays.com. That's www.thesportdisplays.com. Use promo code 215LIVE when you order and get $4 off of your purchase and free shipping. Get your jersey mounts today at www.thesportsdisplays.com. Hey guys, what's going on? You know those times where you need a little crunch in your lunch or a quick bite to get through the fight? A local site where it's done right, fast and friendly is what you need and satisfaction is always guaranteed. Cheese Dogs, that's D-A-W-G-S, Cheese Dogs, home of the two-foot challenge and the grilled ice cream sandwich. Where happiness starts and the fun is in your bun. They're located at 318 Bustleton Pike in Feasterville, and you can check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and at www.eatcheesedogs, D A W G S, eatcheesedogs.com. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a project at your house that needs to get done, but you're not sure who to turn to to help you out? Maybe you already started a project, but you're not quite sure how to finish it, and now your house is all messed up and you're stressed out? Well, here's what you do. Give our friend Chuck Reed the handyman a call. No repair or project is too small. Chuck will make your dream project a reality. Give him a call at 215-672-8875 or email him at handymanservices08 at comcast.net. If you're in Northeast Philly, Bucks, or Eastern Montgomery County, give Chuck Reed the Handyman a call. Once again, it's 215-672-8875 or email him at handymanservices08 at comcast.net. Why are you taking pictures of your receipt, Jim? I'm earning cash back, Steve. By taking pictures of your receipt? I don't get it. Let me explain. It's a cool new app I downloaded called Wabi. I earn cash back when I eat, shop, or play at local places in my area. Just shop, snap, cash back. Shop, snap, cash back? It's that easy to use? Yep. I just downloaded the app, created an account, then I shop at a Wabi merchant, snapped a picture of my receipt, and within 48 hours, I had cash back in my Wabi account. That's it? That sounds too easy. It is. I've received 5%, 10%, 20%, or even more cash back on my purchases from merchants on the app. Even better, I can earn more cash back when I share the app with my family and friends. I just send them an invite through the app using my referral code. Do me a favor and send me an invite. Absolutely. And it's crazy how quickly Wabi is expanding in the U.S. Wabi sounds like an amazing rewards program. Go and like their Wabi page on Facebook. That's Wabi, W-A-B-E-E. And if you're a business owner, check them out at Wabi.com. Shop, snap, cash back. Now you got it. Download the Wabi app today. Use the referral code WILDFIRE in all caps and become a part of the shop, snap, cash back phenomenon. See, after all that being fired up last segment, my man, my man Taylor always knows how to make me feel better and bring me back down and get me back on a level where I, I'm not ready to explode. So listen, while we were at break, I was looking a little bit over the um, point spreads for next week's games. Um, and this this kind of tells you all you need to know, that the Eagles are open, open up as only a three-point favorite over the Giants. The one in four New York Giants. So... I, I actually I actually didn't believe that. So, of course, you know, he had to do a little research, and I, I went on uh, my bookie, and you guys have heard us talking about them over the last couple of weeks. They were one of our wonderful sponsors. So it's it's when you go on there and you, and you, you check it out, they, they have all the updated point spreads. Um, 
and and it's funny because since Frank and I started doing two one five live, it feels like all of a sudden people come to us and ask us for like our advice. Like all of a sudden we're you know sports aficionados and we know everything now. But usually when they come to us, it's usually what team to bet on. Like we don't even gamble, but they come to us and say, "Hey, what team should we bet on this week?" The truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember when you're betting on. Um, I'm sorry, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why we go to my bookie. That's why we always tell people to go to my bookie. Um, we, we look at, you know, different sites and, and different sites come back and, and give you what they think. But my bookie gets you all the updated point spreads. Um, and that's why I always tell people to go to my bookie. They've been in business for years, having great reviews online and their mobile site is easy to use. You lay down some cash, you win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to us. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. If you join now, my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Go on to mybookie.aj and use promo code 215 to activate the offer. If you visit my bookie um, online today, that's M Y B O O K I E, and don't forget to use the promo code two one five when creating your account to claim your bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. That's my bookie M Y B O O K I E promo code two one five. I know that's a lot to take in, and and we talked about the Giants game and how they opened up as three point favorites, and and I touched on last segment why I thought. Maybe we shouldn't be as fired up as we are. Are they playing bad? Yes. Are they looking like a team that maybe it's just not the year? Yes. But the bright side is nobody in the NFC is going to run away with this division. Other than the Rams and possibly the Saints, nobody in the NFC is going to run away with the conference. So you look at it and you go, all right, they're two and three. They pray, they even in the wins, they probably paid, played the worst five games in a really long time. They beat the Falcons, they beat the Colts, and both those teams had a chance on the goal line to win. They could easily be 0-5 right now, the way they've been playing, right? Look at the division. Yeah. Dallas is 2-3, and three, right? The Giants are 1-4. and four. <laughs> They're a loss away from being dead already, yeah. right? And then Washington's 2-1. and one. They're probably going to get their teeth kicked in tonight by the Saints. <laughs> At the end of tonight, you're 2-3, and three, Dallas is 2-3, and three, the Giants are 1-4, and four, Washington's 2-2. Two and two. Like, should we... Uh, we can be upset at the fact that the team is playing the way they are and the coach is, is regressing and all the stuff that we talked about in the first segment, but at the end of the day, you're tied for first place still in a division that's going to allow you to be this way all season. Yeah. So are we going to be the number one seed? Probably not. We're not going to have the the walk that we did last year when you got the number one seed, you got home field advantage, and was probably the reason you made the Super Bowl because of that. So maybe you have to take a different route this year. You win the NFC East, and now you have to go to L.A. and, and play, or you have to go to New Orleans and play, or you got to go to Chicago and play. Does that automatically like remove you from making the Super Bowl again? No, it doesn't. You do we are as bad as they're playing. Are we sitting here thinking they're not going to make the playoffs? 
No. I Honestly, they have the talent. They're just not doing anything with it. If they really wanted it, I think they could go out and take what's theirs. And I, and I think this division is going to allow that. I mean, look at the teams that were in front of you last year. Green Bay's 2-2-1. Two, two, two Minnesota's 2-2-1. Two, two Minnesota wasn't world beaters last yesterday. Green Bay got the snot kicked out of them by the Lions. The the league is and and I and I refer back to Seth because he he had Jason Whitlock on earlier and he was asking him. The league seems to be like almost like a parody this year. Like there's so many like 500 or below teams. There's so many teams that you expected to be like you know taking off that are just playing 500 ball. You know. The Bengals are like three and four, four and one, or whatever it is. Like it, it's it's a weird season. That although what we said in the last segment is maybe it's just not their year. Maybe it's just one of those years where it's going to be ugly. I think the uh, the playing level is about even with everyone, and I think that's just it's making it really tough. Yeah, it's making it tough. But if you look at it, and I and I hundred percent agree with you. But if you look at it like, all right, the playing field's even. That means that you're able to get past whatever growing pains you have right now, whatever issues that you're having right now, you're able to have them without losing your grip on the division, without losing your position in the NFC. You're able to figure out all your issues and still have a clear shot to win your division, make the playoffs, and then maybe make a run. Maybe by the time it gets to a point where you pick up another running back or – you know, uh, you you one of your receivers comes back or whatever. By the time maybe all that happens, because the rest of the division around you is so bad that you were able to get through all that and not lose your position. So maybe maybe the fact that we are so mad, maybe we should still be at a position where we're like, all right, we're not hitting the panic button yet because this division is that bad. Do you think Dallas has what it takes to win this division? No. no. Like I said, the, the Giants are one loss away from being out of it already. You see the Giants give it up yesterday? That's what I mean. So, like, <laughs> if the Eagles beat them on Thursday, they pretty much knock them out of this thing. It could literally just be that Carolina game all over again. And, I, and, I can, I, and I'm not even saying anything bad about New York because we have a, a New Yorker sitting out there behind you right now, Taylor. It's just they're, they're that bad. She's, like, staring me down now. <laughs> Tell Lucy to come on in and sit with us. I want to I want to hear her opinion on the on the Giants. She's a so just to let everybody know we we didn't introduce her in the beginning because she wasn't here yet, but she just got here. We have Lucy Phillips from Agnes Intelligence. Lucy, we met at the podcast movement back in July. Um, Tom Tussler and I were able to go up to New York and and sit in on on her podcast and and talk some some technol technological stuff and lifestyle stuff, and we had a good time. So we. Talk to Lucy about coming down here and joining us at our our new facility, and and here she is. So welcome. Thank you. Well, it really looks great here. You guys have done some good things in here. I love the it's green everywhere. The new I mean, digs. Yeah, yeah. it's looking fantastic. <laughs> we definitely feel better about rescheduling you because you would have had to come to our other place, and that wasn't something we would have liked to have yet. <laughs> oh, but I could have had some good blackmail, maybe. Probably. Okay. Yeah, probably. But now we can, we're trying to give you the best. The best we have to offer. Okay. Well, I really appreciate that. But I feel like I have to make one thing clear. 
while I do live in New York, I am from New Jersey. Okay. And that might not be a big deal for some people, but for me, it is. So Giants, kind of, but, you know, just wanted to make so sure you all the Jets listeners. fans because you're from Jersey? So my dad is from Cleveland, so really unfortunately, yeah. It gets worse by the Browns yeah. fan. Yeah. Well, yeah. you guys could have an exciting year. I know. Finally, mm-hmm. after how many years of no excitement? Right. At least like with the Browns. Problems, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, that's why I became an NBA <laughs> fan because it was like, what's the point of me watching the Browns right now yeah. for right. years? When John told me that you were coming in, the first thing I said was Jets or Giants fan. <laughs> <laughs> Neither, if that makes you yeah. feel any better. But yeah, yeah, I mean, the Eagles are playing the Giants on Thursday, right? Yes. So. I don't really care about them. I'll definitely <laughs> vote Eagles for you guys. Thank all you. Yeah, Lucy asked when 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 we reached out to her about coming down. She asked, should she root for the the Eagles or Vikings? And I said, well, Philadelphia's closer to New York than Minnesota is, so that's pretty much your answer, right? <laughs> true. Yeah. True. Don't don't come down here rooting for the Vikings. I would never ever do that. <laughs> but unfortunately, that game on Sunday. It's all right. Okay, I don't even yeah. want to bring the I don't want to bring the mood down. You guys kind of looked at me like, I'm gonna have "Why to call are you my psychologist up? again and talk to him all over again?" Those no. twice a week sessions are tough too. So, so here's the thing: like we were just talking about, you know, the, the fan base. It, it gets it, sports fan bases in general, but the, this fan base in this city gets when you, when you read like we talk about it all the time. The Eagles Twitter is probably the most emotional Twitter of anybody. You read a bad thing, and then all of a sudden. You know, the skies are opening up. And then when there's a good thing, it's like, oh, he's the greatest player ever lived and we're glad he's here. So it's like, it's either black and white with his fan base. There's no like in between. And I and I felt myself on Sunday kind of living in the in between. I wasn't devastated. I wasn't, oh, they're coming back. They're going to win the Super Bowl. Like I, I felt myself living in the in between. And I, I wonder if, did I lose my edge because we won the Super Bowl? Does that do that to fan bases when you finally win? It's kind of something we've been talking about for weeks because right before they won, we all talked on the show about, like, what do we do if they win? (laughs) Are we going to lose that edge? How do we handle this? Yeah, like, what do we do? Are we going to all of a sudden not be that hardcore fan base that cares a lot? That's kind of how I'm I'm a little little worried reading some of the comments and some of the statements that are being made. I'm a little worried that maybe we lost our edge a little bit. I don't think is that they just don't care. Like, because I know people that are kind of giving the Eagles like a free ride this year. But I think come next year, they'll be right right back in it. I mean, listen, the booze booing them off the field at halftime Sunday yesterday tells no, you that we were booing the ref. Oh, well, yeah. That was <laughs> right. Because that was the right after the. Is that they were getting booed that off. was right after the roughing the passer. Right. BS call. So yeah. we were booing the refs. No, I think that that's right, though, about giving kind of a year pass where you're like, you did us well this time. We'll give you this season. I mean, we still expect a lot of you, but if you don't perform as we expect, it's okay. But yeah. next year, don't pull any of that. Right. Like, and like, it's not going to be okay. And I try not to be like, to give them the free pass because I'm not only looking at this season, but you have to think about how every season will affect you later on down the line. So as much as this year might be like their free pass year, it's still important. Yeah, I, I don't I don't believe in giving free passes. <laughs> well, because here's the thing, because then you have to worry about, like we just talked about in the last segment, are the players resting? Are the players looking at it like, well, we won already, especially like the, the players who have only been in the league a year or two. You know, the players who already had questions about their desire to play the game. They already have the ring now. Like, 
are they going to fight as hard now? They already have what a lot of players that go through sports don't ever get a chance to get. Right. They already have it, right? Mm-hmm. There's players that have one or two years in a league that were like, oh, I won the Super Bowl already. Are they less hungry now because of that? Your JHIs, when they come here and you already question his deter- like his determination, his heart, he's won a ring already. Does he really care as much now? Is he going to fight for the extra yard now? Fletcher Cox has his money and now has a ring. Is he going to fight as hard now? Is he going to be as upset if he doesn't get the sack now? Right. You well, know what I mean? Speaking of Fletcher, I just want to touch on his reconstructed contract that they did on Friday. So now the Eagles have uh, $6.5 million more cap space this season and an extra $11.7 million next season. But they still say they have no interest in getting Bell, but they're, they have to do something. And if they do something, do you think it happens before Thursday? It has to. Because you got to try to get a guy – I mean – when they when they traded for Ajayi in the middle of last year, he didn't play the first game, but they got him ready for that Denver game. So it was it was a game before. You can beat the Giants without a, a without Le'Veon Bell, right? You can beat the Giants this week without making a splash in trades. So maybe they get a guy, give him the pass this week, get him the, the two weeks of practice, and then bring him back like they did with Ajayi. That reconstruction of a contract leads me to believe that there's something in the works. Right. Especially that much money freeing up like that. So in the middle of the in the middle of the season. That's encouraging. Yeah. All right. Well listen, I, my blood pressure won't allow me to talk any more Eagles today. <laughs> so since we have Lucy here before we before we go to our final break and and, and uh, engage in the second hour, um, I had mentioned you were from Agnes Intelligence and I know the explanation of what you do is could be long. Why don't you give my listeners a little bit of a taste of what exactly Agnes Intelligence is? So you don't want my two-hour elevator pitch. Is that what you're saying? I mean, if you want to give it, I mean, you'll probably, <laughs> in two hours, you'll be here by yourself talking to <laughs> Oh, my but. God. Don't even tempt me because I could easily <laughs> just talk to a wall for many hours. So, yeah, we're a technology company. As you said earlier, we met at Podcast Movement, and that's one of the platforms that we started. We're doing a media platform. So you can essentially upload any audio, including video, and our artificial intelligence reads it, understands it, and then makes it searchable. So you can find concepts that are in those spoken words. So say we're talking about the Eagles right now, and you guys were doing this episode, and you uploaded it to our platform, we'd be able to understand what was being said, and then allow a user to find all related concepts within that. So you said the Eagles, they're like, okay, well, they're talking about football. So then they'll bring you to all the other football stats maybe of that week or something like that. So it's a really cool platform to give you an opportunity to find out more about what you're already interested in. Is it, is it, you said keyword now, am I, am I reading it wrong by thinking? So if you, I, I think you may have mentioned this when we came up to do your show, but so if we do, say I did 80 episodes and there was an episode that I, I really wanted to try to find, like we had a really good interview or we had a really good segment, but I can't remember what episode is it. Is it a a keyword that I could search that would allow me to find that 
what I was looking for. Definitely. Yeah. You could do, you could do a keyword search. You could do something that's not even said in it, but is related to some things in it, which is nice because all, most episodes for shows are not named what they actually are talking right. about. It's like right. some, it's, it's number whatever. Mm-hmm. You have some random tangent that was talked about for a second and then nothing else. So it's a really useful tool in that you can find a lot more than you'd be able to find otherwise. Where can people that are listening, where can they, you know, we have, almost 50 podcasts here at Wildfire. If they, if they were interested in, in um, purchasing your service or working with you guys, where would they be able to find you? So you can go to our website, agnesintel.com. Right now we're still in beta testing, so you can't use it quite yet, but we will have the service available hopefully very soon as we're working on partnerships. Uh, so look at for that for 2019, but definitely go to our website. I'm the one who checks our stats constantly. So if you go to our website, I'll be super pumped that there are all these new people <laughs> going there. Highly suggest checking it out. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I, when you when you told me and Tom about the keyword search was huge because when you start like we're we're going on episode eighty three tonight, and when you start getting further into the episodes and you want to, you know, we we've been fortunate enough to get you know quality interviews or we have you know fun segments that we talk about all the time, and I always go like, man, what what did Frank say that episode like? And we try to remember it, and then I go, I don't remember what episode that was that he talked about, and it's almost like you just go, ah, well. You just get you we'll just never forget know. it. Yeah, we'll yeah. never figure it out. But this totally. this is it's cool if I can just go, you know, whatever Frank talked about this and and be able to get it right away. That that's that's pretty useful in this platform to be able to do something like that. Definitely. But then Frank is very accountable for everything that he says. Right. <laughs> Nothing gets lost. That's, that's the good. only thing that you kind of have to think about. You're like, oh oh shit. Oh, yeah. no, <laughs> you can't. You, you yeah, just got to say whatever you got to say. <laughs> yeah. You know. But it, it, I'm glad you say that too because Frank should always be accountable for what he says <laughs> and he's not here to defend himself and and Frankie and Taylor will tell you that uh-huh. he should be held accountable for the things that he says it's my favorite you know like not being able to eat chicken wings because they have bones in them or <laughs> interesting you know, not like not going to Stone Harbor because he doesn't like the way that the older people dress down there <laughs> like beach people fair point though yeah, fair like, point. See, I, see I'm almost like Agnes intelligence and myself yeah, for Frank because unfortunately, I re- I Rolodex all the stuff that he says in my head over the last. I was going to say you've been doing this for years. Yeah, like I've been doing this a really long time. <laughs> I have this whole Frank file in my head where it just I just I when I go to when I go to a psychiatrist eventually. I'm going to have a whole Frank segment that I'll have to talk about. Yeah, and all the trauma he's yeah. put you through. I'm with like, do what you believe said? my best friend doesn't eat chicken wings because they have bones in them? This is why I feel the way that I do. Aren't there boneless chicken wings? Yes. Yeah, but that's, I mean, chicken nuggets. Right, yeah. exactly. It's like, what's the point? Trust me, I wish he was here right now because you will not be able to wrap your head around it. You're making sense of stuff. That's not what Frankie does. He mm. doesn't make sense of stuff. Wait, so does he not eat ribs then either? Exactly. Uh, so, but he does it. eat ribs. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Okay, he doesn't so it's just ribs. the bone? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. His yeah. poor wife, his poor, beautiful wife has to peel the meat off of his <laughs> ribs and chicken so that, that he would eat it. Terrible. He's like a five-year-old. I, it sounds like it, yeah. yeah. And he doesn't like like sauces and stuff either, right? No, we we had a we were fortunate enough to have a company oh. in Australia that is manufacturing hot sauce just for our show, and it's labeled for us, and it's really cool. It's a really cool concept, but they um, shipped us a bunch of different stuff, uh, powders and seasonings and stuff like that, and we did a 
it's called a Hellfire Challenge, and it's it's basically like a powder that you put in your food, and it makes it spicy, and it is super hot. Everybody from the show did it. Before it even touched his taste buds, I thought he was going to blow through the roof. It, he's he's so sensitive when it comes to that. Like, he won't even eat mild sauce at Taco Bell. Wow. It's very depressing. It, it's very depressing that I've surrounded myself with this kind of nonsense. I mean, I think you maybe should start going to that therapy session. It sounds like you got a lot that you have to get off your chest. <laughs> I'll tell you, man. It's and doing a two-hour show once a week is not enough. Yeah, I know, I know. It's because you don't have any of the objective feedback coming in. You know, it's like you're just kind of talking in this echo chamber. Well, you know why? Because she just laughs at him the entire time, <laughs> right? And then Taylor just <laughs> shakes his head and just says, "What is wrong with you?" Most of the two-hour show, so it kind of leaves me to sit here and have to defend him. Mm. I do laugh at him a lot. It's really funny. It's good that you guys each have your roles, though. Yeah. yeah. And I just I just sit here and throw my arms <laughs> up in the air like I don't know what to say. And then he'll get to a point where he'll go, don't you guys feel the same way? And none of us in here ever feel the Crickets. same way. Yeah. It, we need the cricket sounder because it's never or, or the actual cricket. Yeah, or the cricket that was in the, yeah, when we did the show. But, all right, so we're going to, for those of you guys that are listening right now, hold tight. We are going to go to a second hour. Um, anybody listening other than tonight, do us a favor, go to iTunes, download, review, star, look for episode 83. Um, give us give us all your best reviews. The, the more support, the the more that we can do this, and we appreciate it. Um, like I said, for those of you who are listening live on wildfireradio.com, stick with us. We are coming back with the second hour. You're listening to 215 Live on wildfireradio.com. Wildfire Radio.